If you're hearing this on an Android device as you watch your dog mercilessly destroy your entire house, well, there's probably a dog training app to help you. But in the more useful directly sense, check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store so you at least you have something interesting to listen to while you watch that dog absolutely destroy everything you own. Check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who would laugh at my misfortune much the same way Reginald Vell Johnson does in Turner and Hooch, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And yeah, I probably would. <laughs> There is a Disney Plus show arriving right around today. I forget the date of the show's arrival, but uh, based it's on this summer release. Yeah, yeah. Don't I'm just saying don't check your calendars. It's not accidentally Thanksgiving. I realize in the in the time we're living in now, time quite kind of slips by you and suddenly you're like, oh, it's that month now. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> So I just want to reassure everyone out there that like it didn't we are not it is not tea Thanksgiving. This is not there is no turkey. I mean, you could make a turkey, but there is not a tradition to burn through some of Tom Hanks filmography out of season. (laughs) Well, look, this has always been my thing. If there's a legitimate reason to tie into a Tom Hanks, we should do it. But other than that, we'll just like he's got us. He's the only person who has a slot. I, I know we have 26 episodes a year. And then I just we're we're i know this is insane but we're approaching 10 years of this podcast like we're we're barreling toward that and i just i just you know sometimes things are a good idea and you're like you know i don't know if that's a if that was a permanently good idea or just a good idea you know i think tea thanksgiving is a solidly permanently good idea I, I like it, but it's like I sometimes I want some flexibility there. I have some other ideas that I'd like to put in that slot. So if we check off a few Tom Hanks boxes early, I think that's fine. One day, we, one of us will be the first of the two of us to get married. We're going to do bachelor party. Like, that's going to happen. That will be the celebration of that. That's, that's fair. you know, a logical time to do it. So those are the things. And also, there's a couple of Tom Hanks movies from the 80s that I just we're not going to do. There's a couple of the weird dramas in there that like Phil- after is Philadelphia we did... 80s or 90s. No, thankfully Philadelphia is 93. I mean I would I wouldn't even never never no, never never. That's not that's but... not the, this is not the appropriate venue for that film discussion. We are here to make jokes and you know have some fun with a thing. That movie is the opposite of fun. Uh, but this actually is it's just interesting you bring up Philadelphia because I find this movie really interesting in sort of the career timeline of Tom Hanks, because this is sort of the last gasp of goofy movie Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. So 92, he does a league of their own where he plays a character that is goofy, but that movie is definitively not goofy. No. And he, he's more of a gruff curmudgeon, which is not the usual Tom Hanks oeuvre. Oh, I totally agree with that. He's definitely the comic relief like he's the goofiest character in that movie well maybe not the fully goofiest but he's pretty rosie's there yeah yeah well i just rosie's character is pretty by the book but there's like the one the 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 one girl is like a real i can't remember the names but i feel like one of the ladies on the team not your not the top tier ones but there's like a pretty goofball person is i don't think it's rosie but anyway he has like all sorts of tom hanks goofiness in that but the role is pretty serious, and the movie is definitely serious. Yeah. And then not long after that, 
he does Philadelphia and that's a huge success. And that leads to, you know, the, the serious Tom Hanks, much like Spielberg makes Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. He wins the Oscar for Schindler's List and he never looks back at fun. I mean, he makes other movies that are, he makes Jurassic World, like don't, or not Jurassic World, The Lost World. Don't come at me. I remember it. Thank you. Oh, he did, I forgot that he did do that. He never brings the, the magic is gone after after the Jurassic Park Schindler's list, list year, which is fine. He had a hard year. I get it. It's fine. But he never again was he the fun Spielberg. I mean, yeah. Now he's just capital Y, capital D, your dad. Yeah. So Hanks is interesting to me. This so the remake of this movie, the this it's a series, I believe, not a movie coming to Disney Plus. It is. is I don't know if it's a remake of the failed series or just a TV I, show based I, on the comp the premise of this film it's the i think it's the second thing it's a tv show based on the premise of like fastidious cop with slobbery yucky dog interesting to me about this movie the most interesting thing about it is i can't i like we make the joke all the time like who is this movie for like that is a a thing that yeah i'm not sure this is i'm actually just like i have i couldn't like gun to my head i would have to i would be making a just the wildest guess because the 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 jokes with the dog are for children like capital yes. f capital c they're kid jokes the dog slobbers a lot it eats stuff it knocks people over it's it's like a you know it's a beethoven it's beethoven yeah 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 but the plot of the movie with the cops and the criminals is very much like standard boilerplate late 80s early 90s thriller like smuggling operation drug operation something like that cop on the ta- on the tail solves the case you know solves the crime gets the guy move on with your life sort of situation. Like one case in the life of this cop sort of. And it gets a little sexy. It does get a little bit sexy and it gets it violent and there's, there's death, which we're going to put a pin in for now because we're going to get there when we get there. But I, I, so, okay, let me ask this question. Did you, have you seen this before? No, I have not. How about the trailer? I don't think I watched the trailer. I knew it was a dog and a man, which ironically there was a, Another there was a Jim Belushi comedy of the similar concept. K nine. No one talks about that ever. But like <laughs> Turner and Hooch is sort of a ubiquitous phrase of like yes, m- cop and a dog. Well, one of them has Tom Hanks, and one of them has he seems like a nice guy, but Jim Belushi. Yeah, I guess. Who's whose late career turn is he's a weed guy. Like he's a, he owns a weed farm and he sells weed. That's his oh name. really? Yeah. Yeah. But so what did you think this is going to be based on the poster and the stuff that you saw going into it? Because I'm very curious. So I knew it was Touchstone, not Disney. So it wasn't going to be like all kid stuff. Yeah. I thought it was going to be in the sort of splash vein. Okay. Where it was like exciting, adventure-y with comedy. Yeah. I didn't expect romance. (laughs) I didn't think think, (laughs) Tom Hanks and the dog fall. I didn't think the dog was going to get in the bath and turn into a human. Look around the world, pretty baby. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be in that <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of caliber of this level of things. Yeah, I, I had, based on the poster, I didn't even know he was a cop. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I don't think, I mean, maybe he has a badge and I just didn't remember it, but I'm I mean, the poster the is like them at a JCPenney portrait studio. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be Tom Hanks winds up with this dog hilarity ensues that like he he has i thought it was gonna be more of, more along that line yeah yeah and so the idea that like 
not only is he a cop, but he's a very, very good cop in a in a world of terrible ones, or at least ones on the dole. It's hard to or on the take rather, not the dole. Uh, it's hard to hard to suss out exactly who's yeah, bad in this, but it's a Beethoven with the serious comedy, and then there's also a rom com sticking its toe in here. It's just a very yeah. weird pot. I guess we should just begin at the beginning. Uh, we're at Tom Hanks' apartment. Uh, we didn't do the thing. Oh, you're right. Gosh, it's been 11 minutes and we haven't done the thing. We watched Turner and Hooch, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. Is he a giant slobbery dog? Someone's gonna be like, your giant slobbery dog. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. So we start in Tom Hanks' apartment and he, first of all, first sin of the movie, he has bread in his fridge. No, it's Don't a sprouted bread. Okay. All there, right. It's, there's like a, a, a sprouted Your, breads are better kept in the fridge. Okay. Most bread gets stale if, faster if you put it in the fridge, and everybody knows that, so just passing that along to our listeners. Okay. And he takes it out, and there's a little bit of stray mustard in the bag, which I I do not understand how it arrived on this bag. Well, it's also, like, it, it looks, so in, when he takes it out, there's, like, a bottle of mustard on its side that's clearly, like, squirted open. Yeah. But knowing everything we know about this character later in the movie, that never would have happened. Ever. Right, right. Not once. right. So he cleans the bag and then he cleans the counter. And it's like very quickly, I will give this movie a lot of credit. In this first 30 second montage, you're like, okay, he's a really clean person. He's super fastidious, very neat. Like It's no- a less glossy version of the American Psycho opening montage. It's the same yes. concept, but it is less glossy. It's also not quite as unsettling for whatever reason. This yeah. one, this one to me reads like a guy who has at least some form of OCD. American Psycho reads like just so scary. Yeah, Tom Hanks uh, also has that weird exercise machine that like everyone's parents' friend had in their basement, where it's like the skis, but also yes. the hands. It's a Nordic track. It's That's a Nordic track. Yeah, it's a cross country skiing uh, exercise machine. It look. Uh, I I never understood how it worked as a kid. Even watching this movie, I was like, I don't, I don't really understand how A relates with B relates with your hands. So the hands have like a big pulley system. So you're swinging your arms as if like kind of pushing with poles and then you're, you're zhuzhing back and forth with the skis. Are they connected at all? The hands and the skis? I don't know if the, the speed and movement of them is connected. I'm not a hundred percent sure. This was my second college roommate, by the way. I, uh... The first roommate I had in college was the first semester of freshman year. It didn't work out for a whole host of reasons. I had to like figure out my situation and and move. And a guy who lived down the hallway was nice enough, and his roommate had joined a frat, so he had an open space. And I was like, "Hey, can I move in with you instead of a random person?" And we oh, both okay. were like, "That's." I was like, "Your college wasn't just like here's the person that's going to be in your room." No, no. So it was. I we had finished the first semester of freshman year. My roommate and I. It was, I, it wasn't like bad in that we were at each other's throats or everything. It just wasn't he healthy. Just, he, yeah, he, he, well, he, he, we weren't sure if he, the situation was, I suddenly had no roommate and this other guy had no roommate and we were like, oh, 
well, what if we just became roommates instead of both of us getting a random person? It's like, you seem nice enough. You seem nice enough. But neither of us had spent that much time together because he had had mono and missed like a month of school. Oh, shit. And neither of us kind of realized it. And so it's like we knew each other enough to know we didn't like hate one another. But it was. That's very different from living together. The slobby boy, Trip Lano, with Mr. Like, all of his pencils were lined up next to each other, pointing the same way every night before he went to sleep. <laughs> and so, like, I would come home from class, take off a sweatshirt, and drape it over the back of my desk chair, and he would be like... <laughs> I could see it in his face, that like, the anger seething. Yeah. So, we just weren't a good fit that way, but he was a nice guy. Um, but yeah, so we we both had uh, had to deal with it for a semester. Anyway, Tom Hanks uses too much floss. Let's get to that. That's a lot of floss. I, I'm, I'm not even a person who flosses because I can't floss my bottom teeth. Mm, I mean, I can, but it's you, just... You a, have that dental appliance, right? I have the, the permanent retainer. So, like, I okay. can buy the things where it's basically, like, it's a soft... It's soft and flexible, but it's basically a giant sewing needle that you put the floss uh, through so you can, like, thread it through the teeth under the thing. I see. But I... Clearly, never gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I am not a daily flosser. I do I do floss, but I'm not I'm not a daily flosser. This is not a dental health podcast. I have a please water pick. That please don't take Mom this as me. your dental health advice. And uh, my boyfriend constantly was like, "Hey, maybe we could put like he moved in with me last year during the pandemic, and he was like, at one point, was like, maybe we can not have that on the bathroom counter." And I was like, "Well, why?" And he was like. I've literally never seen you use it. And I was like, I maybe use it a couple, t- like every other month, maybe, because I'm bad about it. And he was like, yeah, so like, don't put it on the counter. It's taking up all the space. And I was like, yeah, but if I don't put it on the counter, then my brain says you're never going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, your bathroom counter was more the edges of the actual sink and yes, less a counter. Yeah, I had a tiny so, little bathroom. It was, it was a premium. Uh, anyway, this is not a dental health podcast. Please do not take your dental advice from this podcast. But Absolutely don't take dental when, advice from me. When I floss, it's like, you know, a foot or so of floss that I wrap around some fingers, do some flossing, change the space, do some flossing, change the space, da 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 throw it away. Yeah. Tom Hanks uses that much floss per tooth gap. He like uses he a box. He does. He uses a whole box. He would love those... Um the pick the not not the pickers but it's like that on a handle the plackers they have but they have those where it's just the the floss part and then you attach it to a re- like you you can throw it away when you're done with it and then have the handle be the same like you long, swap like the like floss out it's yeah. like a reusable i see so the head pops off but you pop in a new flosser when you're ready to go i don't know if they still make those this is not a dental podcast. <laughs> this is a lot of dental discussion for a dental podcast, a non-dental podcast. But uh, so he leaves, he goes to work, and we get the surest sign that you're in for a really rough watch, which is five writers on one movie, all credited, two duos and a single writer. But it was like blank and blank, and then the A-N-D, which means they didn't work together, and one person's name, and then another A-N-D, and then blank and and symbol, ampersand symbol. Mm-hmm blank so two pairs and a single woof it needed that many people to get through turner and hooch yeah Are you it's, a, kidding it's a dog me? it's a it's a dog cop movie you shouldn't <laughs> it's, it's you shouldn't pretty, need that it's right there on the tin and we meet his trainee kind of yeah i mean no offense intended here but reginald val johnson in the same year well maybe it's a year apart die hard is, is i think 80 yeah so die hard's 88 in die hard he is a guy who's been on the 
been on the force so long that he shot a kid and had to retire to desk duty and has kids on the way. But here he's a fresh off the 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 academy. Fresh out of the academy. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I know we just we we bring up the John Candy one all the time of the same year he played a college student and a father of three, but original a Johnson, father of three. <laughs> yes. But Reginald Val Johnson playing a guy fresh out of the academy felt like to me, I need some explanation as to why he has changed careers. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure that he I guess I guess I, I don't know that he would I would say he's fresh out of the academy. I think he's fresh to the area. That's fair. That's fair. But I, I want give me. There are five writers. Not one of you could come up with a sentence where it was like, "I just transferred here from blah blah blah." Yeah, I or I, even this this opening scene where he's teaching him the filing system. He could be like, "Oh, that's not how we did it at blank." Mm-hmm. Back in back in Akron, Ohio. I don't know. Right, exactly. But I was watching this and I was like, "He's so good at being a cop that I'm annoyed that he never got to like be a cop in a cop show." Like, he played Carl Winslow, who was a police officer, right, but, like, right. Family Matters wasn't, like, a police show. Yeah. Like, if a Brooklyn Nine-Nine had been a thing in the 80s, I feel like right. he would have really shown. Yes. He did have one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine as himself. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's a really good cameo. Uh, the episode is when uh, Andy Sandberg's character has his bachelor party. That character's obsessed with Die Hard, so... Uh, they like get Reginald that's his Bell stripper to, quote quote yeah basically um yeah i'm with you I, i'm totally with you so i do like a lot reginald Bell johnson here it looks so sick of this training and i was like oh hey it's me 15 minutes into any training i've ever had to do in my whole life uh-huh uh-huh it's like is, can we watch this at 1.5 speed please <laughs> i don't know if i've told this story on the podcast before but my favorite ever like work training thing First of all, it was crazy because I had to go after hours. It was like an orientation. And at my old job, I was in the office side where I worked like nine to five Monday to Friday. But about three quarters of the workforce of that organization worked hourly at various places. And so a lot of these things were offered in the evening. Mm -hmm. And so I go there and it's me and three other people. I'm working in the office. They're working as uh, desk attendants and personal trainers at a gym, which like... Hey, weird that we're at the same orientation, huh? <laughs> uh, which, and again, I'm not like turning my nose up at those jobs. It's just that like you'd think that the orientation for guy who writes the press releases occasionally versus the person who is a personal trainer responsible for they another They seem like different orientations. <laughs> direct health and safety, different. But anyway, we get through, there's four of us. We get through the videos and the, the dumb nonsense. And we get to this like, icebreaker team building thing and oh, she no. we're split into pairs she hands each of us a 50 piece puzzle so we dump out this jigsaw puzzle and my i'm making up these colors but my puzzle is primarily pink blue and red and their puzzle is primarily yellow green and orange and i'm looking at the pieces and i see that we have one yellow green orange piece that obviously goes with their puzzle and i pick it up and i hand it to them and then i'm like can i please have that one and they hand me the obvious puzzle. that was the thing and we do it and we finish and the instructor is livid (laughs) like so mad and she's like how'd you know that and I, instead of being a smartass, which is like every fireman being one to be, like, because it was obviously, like, for their puzzle. Because I, I look like, at colors, you moron. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've done this before. Sorry. 
it's like I have to make this person feel better instead of making them feel like a moron. But like you have a your training is dumb and you should feel dumb for doing it. I just the move is to get two identical puzzles and swap a piece so that people. But like, when were you supposed to have done the swap? Like you did the swap. You did the thing that. I think the you're training supposed is to working together as a team. <laughs> I think you're supposed to like complete the puzzle and be like, "Oh, I have your piece and you have my piece. We should collaborate." It's like, the, <laughs> oh. like, well, you, you did that to... in the beginning. I exactly, but she was so steamed. She was deeply unhappy. Anyway, uh, we get our first Tom Hanks yell like inside five minutes, which I is always yeah. a good treat. Apparently, it was a line from this movie. I don't remember which one it was, but it was like a yelling line from this movie that they animated Woody. They test animated Woody to to be like, this might hey. have been this. This might have been the line. It honestly was a very Woody delivery. He was. It was just like, hey, Tom Hanks. It was. I guess it was like for as much for them as to be like, hey, Tom Hanks, please be in our movie. And he saw it and he was like, oh wow, yeah, you know what, you're right. I'll do Sheriff Woody. I'll be and in then, your money printing machine. <laughs> well, he didn't know it at the time. No, God, but, no. But can you but imagine? It, now it's been so lucrative for the whole Hanks family because his brother gets to do all his voiceover work for like non theme parks and video things. games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he he has these muffins that this woman across the street made for him. She hands him these muffins like, oh, we're so sorry to see you go. I hope you don't get shot in the big city. Uh, he He puts the muffins in the car. Reginald Vell Johnson's like, well, I'm having me a muffin, which I'm like, heck yeah, man, my kind of person. You don't need four muffins, Tom Hanks. Look at you. You weigh eight pounds. Yeah, right. So he starts he starts eating it, and Tom Hanks immediately gets he out pulls of a trip. Buster. Tom Hanks pulls a trip. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not true. If he pulled a trip, the muffins would have gone in the trunk where Carl Winslow, I mean, Reginald Vell Johnson, would not have had the opportunity to get crumbs in his car. Yeah, I think it's a six of one, half dozen the other situation. It was the first year of my new car, and it was perfect, <laughs> and I just didn't want it to get crummy. So I was like, "You have to eat your ice cream before you get in the car." It's not unreasonable. You had. But I'm not. I'm not like you a three year old. But it wasn't that. You had such a drippy cone. It was a warm day. It was already drippy, and I was like, "You are not getting in my car with that drippy nightmare." I think you I could have a little more faith in me and napkins. Tweet at me, tweet at us if you think that I sh- if sh- I was being ridiculous by not letting him get in my brand new, brand new to me vehicle that had leather seats with a drippy ice cream cone. Again, I, I'm not a child. I, it's, yeah, it's not it was like two years I'm ago. I'm a six was, year old with sticky yeah, hands. It was two years ago. Well, you were going to have sticky hands because you had a melty ice cream. You have napkins. <laughs> not enough. Uh, we go to the docks or no, before the docks, we go to There's the... A- a weird conversation where Carl Winslow says something about like he says like some oh you know dude like on top of old Smokey and I was like what is he trying to say and he goes you know getting laid and I was like I have I in <laughs> almost thirty years in this planet I've never heard anyone describe it that way yeah yeah um, I was just recently on top of old Smokey, like the, the Smoky Mountain thing that they wrote oh. that song about. I was, it was kind of a fun thing to be like, hey, I'm literally on top of old Smokey right now. Did you, uh, did you, did you catch who the kid was? Is that I was gonna say, did you recognize the kid? <laughs> yeah, I sure did. It's Fulton Reed, baby. It's Lady Boggs bestie. Oh, so that's funny. I know him as Mighty Ducks. Like I, it is definitely Lady Boggs bestie, but he, uh, he's also, uh, Laney, uh, Fulton Reed from the Mighty Ducks. And isn't he in that Daredevil show? Isn't he froggy or foggy or... Oh, you know, I think he is in Daredevil. Or was it the movie? He's in... No, a- the... Da- 
He's in the Daredevil show. He's the best friend. Is it he, Foggy yeah, he or plays Froggy? The, the, he's, he's good at playing besties. Yeah. Um, he also has a small role in one episode of the, uh, speaking of Disney Plus, that Mighty Ducks reunion show. Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, he, there's one episode where all the old ducks are in it. Well, not all, but like a bunch of the old ducks are in oh, it. Oh, that's fun. Wasn't yeah. there a girl on the team or am I thinking of? There were several girls on the team. Uh, Connie and Guy, the couple, were both in this episode as adults. She, in, in the kayfabe of the Mighty Ducks, is now a state senator, which I thought was cool. She had the, the coolest job of them. Yeah. Uh, married to Guy Germain. Good, good for them. Uh, also, Fulton Reed breaks Bombay's window. Uh, that's the that's how the character gets reintroduced. He's a uh, he works in construction and he's is Jack that what Cameron. he did the first time? Did he yes. was he the one to do it the first time? <laughs> yes. Anyway. Are there three Mighty Ducks movies? Correct. Okay. And now this show. Uh, so we visit the dock, and we've got some 2001: A Space Odyssey <laughs> intro. Uh, also, Sprak Zarustra. For for the intro to Hooch, which I thought was pretty good. He's got yeah. a muffin. Tom Hanks is really afraid of this dog. It's real similar to, um, is it the Beast in the Sandlot? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when you first see the Beast? Because he's put on sure. the, he's laced up the PF flyers, right? Correct, yeah. I will say it was almost comical how long they, how much footage of Hooch running down the dock in slow motion they put in. Oh, yeah. And how much footage of tom hanks like this was clearly a tom hanks just riff for a few minutes and we'll yes. take what we want and in the end they put all of it in yeah well it, this is a kind of an interesting movie in terms of production so tom hanks has talked about it being one of the hardest movies he's ever worked on because it's just a lot of it's just him and a dog yeah he henry makes it Winkler, work though oh he does a good job but henry winkler was supposed to direct this and he mm-hmm. actually directed the first 13 days of the movie and has apparently never spoken to tom hanks since uh, he said, "I got I got along better with Hooch than with Turner." Yeah, which is interesting. Like both of them seem like good dudes, so I you know it's yeah, you real know. cool guys. Uh, the the guy who plays Amos played the sheriff in Psycho, which I thought was kind of rad. I didn't recognize him as that, but I it was like, oh, I know this oh. face. Yeah, so that was you know almost thirty years before this movie came out, but he's much older here. It was, yeah, no. No, yeah, yeah, it's 30. I had to, like, try to do math. <laughs> 1969. Uh, and this is, uh, Hooch is played by Beasley the dog, who had this and only this film role, but the trainer who owned him is, like, a big-time animal movie trainer. And Beasley was 17 months old. Yeah, that's a big dog. Mastiffs are giants. Yeah. He's I, drinking beer. I I kept looking at Amos and in my head thinking he was, like, another. I'm like, he looks like he this role could have been, like, another old actor. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton would be great. Or um, Don Amici. Don Amici, also really good. I'm, I'm in agreement there. So he's he's telling Tom Hanks, like, hey, Hooch keeps you barking at night because something's going on. And Tom Hanks is like, well, you said you can't hear anything. Have you heard it? And he's like, no. He's like, okay, well, that's going to be important later. Let me write this down. Check off stock noises. Dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. Thank you. Uh then we like almost immediately we go to like bad guys doing bad guy things on the docks. no first we have the money oh that's right that's right that's right is that what fulton is fulton reed the money finder no fulton reed is just a kid on a dock okay okay he's like the dock hands kid or something okay or a captain's kid i don't know gotcha uh but some kids found like eight thousand dollars or something yeah, but and money wrapped in plastic that washed up on shore. And Tom it's Hanks. like clearly 
clearly suspicious money. Yes, this is not this is not like oh a wallet has been found. This is like oh this is this is something illegal. I don't know what it is, but it's not legal. It's so, it's akin to those things you see like every couple years or so you see about a thing where they were smuggling drugs either to or from America to Cuba probably and they're like huh huge bales of marijuana and cash washed up on the shores of the beach in in Florida and they're like police are advising people not to go looking for them and i'm like hey bud if i found a bundle of drug cash i'm gonna hide it very very well because they'll kill you for that yes but also like what happens with all the because spoiler like you know if there were to be a large sum of money that was illegally like got like illegally here what happens when the police find it so tom hanks says it explicitly to her says if no one claims this it's in a certain amount of time it's yours so it if it's not obvious like if it's not covered in drug residue you know what i mean like if it's not but like so later okay spoiler alert later in the movie they do a a smuggling bust yes which is clearly drug related yeah what happens with all that money i would guess that the money from that would then become evidence in the smuggling case so this kid probably wouldn't get the cash and then what happened but like after the case like it sits in evidence forever yeah, basically. Okay. That's I was just making sure this was it wasn't like, oh, good old Uncle Sam takes I it. mean I mean, that is probably like that that is the most logical endpoint for that money, because police are allowed to basically do whatever they want. So like that that seems like that seems like that's possible. Cause I know that they take assets from people and you know, civil asset forfeiture is like a big thing. John Oliver did a great piece about it a couple of years ago. So I'm not sure. Uh, but my assumption is if it's like an active ongoing case that they have to keep the evidence until all the appeals are exhausted. Yeah, that so makes they, sense. That's probably where it is for that. And then after that, I'm guessing like they if if say they catch a drug dealer and the the drug dealer has a bunch of cars and boats and stuff, they will auction that person's assets off. So if it's just cash, I'm guessing they do keep it eventually. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you. A cab, baby. <laughs> he also says because it it's found by like a twelve year old, like they're kids. Yes, and the kids like want to keep it, obviously. And Tom Hanks says, if you do keep it, you have to spend it on college. That's the law. And I was like, yeah, huh? That felt just like a let me help you out mom thing. Got it. Well, because the mom straight up was like, hey, we found this money and called the police because it seemed important. However, do you think more money might wash up on the beach? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're like, no, I don't think so, man. If Please we don't, don't hang out it. here on the beach <laughs> for a little while longer, do you think possibly? Because you call it in the one. You call it in the one. Yeah. After that, you call it in. It's mine now. The mom is frantically blowing up one of those like two person uh, canoe things. They're not canoe, (laughs) like rafts with the oar locks. The kids are like trying to put the the oars together. She's like, so is there any chance that there'll be more that we should look for? The kids are putting snorkels on and stuff. She's got like, she's got the big net. Uh-huh. The pool skimmer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. The kids are 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 pulling out one of those like trawling fishing nets that you can carry by hand. <laughs> <laughs> and no, this is where we talk where we get the very clat like this is just so classically 80s bad guy. Yeah. It's the, 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 there's three scenes in this movie where there is clearly just like a fog machine slightly off camera blowing mm. blowing vertical steam at this dock site. And I just kept being like, 
okay, like I did see them processing some fish, but they're definitely not heating up this fish. And this seems like a lot of steam vapor for ice or refrigeration in general. So why are we at a steam factory all of a sudden? I don't know. A steam fishery. But so, yeah, this is the like stereotypical, uh, yo, you got to do the job. I'm doing the job. Uh, yeah, you got to smuggle the money and do the drugs. You and took then they my get, money. I have to yeah. kill you. They get into a scuffle. Hooch starts barking. One of the heavies goes over to take care of the dog, but he meets Amos instead. And I was like, oh, no, Amos is going to die because I like, didn't think about it. Right. That like that was going to be the case. Yeah, agreed. But if I gotta be honest with you, if I'm Amos here, I'm taking the hush money. The guy is like straight up. He just says, "How much to, for you to not talk about this? Just quote a reasonable number: five grand, ten grand. Who cares, Amos? This is not and your responsibility." And then call Tom Hanks. Oh, but like on the DL later. Yes, but like that's what I'm saying. Like he should have. It's the whole like good guys don't like to lie bullshit. Sometimes yeah, you I have to it. lie to get out of the situation and then go right. do the right thing. Right, and also like. Most lies are just to to make sure this current situation doesn't go bad. That's all. Yes, very much. Also, take their they take their illegal money. Right. Who cares? Take Not it me. from them so they can't right. do bad things. Exactly. So he gets stabbed in the back, and then Hooch comes out and chases the guy away. And I thought for sure he was gonna like rip off a piece of the shirt. Yes, that would have been. And then much that was gonna logical. be evidence. Agreed. Hundred percent better if that's the case. Or even like a drop of blood. Yeah, that too. So we we get to the next day and we're on the docks. There's dead Amos. There's Hooch. Uh, who, who, I guess Hooch is in the house at that point. And Tom Hanks and Reginald Vell Johnson are doing pretty good police work there. You know, Tom Hanks is covering up the hands. So if there's anything under the fingernails, it's protected. I've never starts... seen that before and it makes so much sense. Yeah, agreed. That seems like something that cops would actually do in this situation. But I am agreement. I, I, agreement. I've never seen before. But he's like filing evidence. He's he's bagging things. He's looking for stuff. He's searching for clues. And he's using two, like a whole box of Ziplocs. Yeah, yeah. And these two assholes come sauntering up like their 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 legs weigh forty five pounds apiece, and they're just like you know John waning into the scene, going like, "What are you doing, you big by the book baby?" And it's like being good at his job, you assholes. But also like you can't don't act like you're big city cop. Like you're in you're in basically. Cabot Cove like Jessica Fletcher is your neighbor like don't come in here acting like you're hot shit because you're you're the same fucking town buddy I think they're state cops I just I just bigger jurisdiction is on you're a state cop who's on this beat yeah no I yeah yeah. I'm just saying I think that is the I think that is the situation because Tom Hanks is leaving to become a highway patrolman he says later which I think don't really ever explore yeah in Sacramento yeah and then Mr. Incredible shows up Yep, Craig T. Nelson. And immediately I was like, oh, Craig T. Nelson's the secret bad guy. And this movie ends I with Tom. I did not Tom Hanks taking clock that job. until the very end. And I'm mad. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, he's in on it. And Tom Hanks takes his job and doesn't leave the town. That's what we're headed for here. I'm very mad because I did not get there. Some dog catchers arrive and they're they're one of the, the, the man. It's a man and a woman. The man is the person who actually owns Beasley, the dog is his. Trainer. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw that in the trivia. Uh, they go to nab Hooch with Hooch the- is a great dog actor. Like, I feel like we you think about it when like dogs are like well trained and like hit their marks and like look at all that stuff. But like to be like 
have this much level of like vicious energy it's that's talented too yeah i think he has a couple scenes that are rough but overall pardon the pun overall i agree with you pretty good dog actor yeah i don't think he's winning a dog oscar but no pretty good dog actor but anyway they've got the classic dog catcher steel pole with a string on the end of it thing Mm -hmm. uh noose looking thing and they try to, ne- they both of them get a loop around Hooch's neck, and yet he's still able to overpower the pair of them, which I really found. Well, he overpowers the one, and then they say they're going to shoot him. And I was like, that seems like not protocol. Right. Like you tranquilize it first. So there is less animal tranquilizing in the wild than movies and television have led you to believe. Well, I mean, I feel like this is an instance where it would make sense to use the trank. Like, you're not like if the options are shoot it or tranquilize it. In real life, they pick shoot it. Really? Yes. Uh, the number of dogs killed by police every year would absolutely horrify you. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if dog catchers is the same, but the police in America kill a lot of dogs. That's a. I mean, fuck them, but you know the. Uh, tranquilizer thing though i learned there was a a bear that was around frederick when i was working out there in the newspaper and they were concerned it might have rabies and uh ultimately it moved on and stopped being a threat to people so i I don't know what ended up happening with it but i asked that question and they were like honestly the tranquilizer thing is really only if an animal escapes from the zoo and the people who are responsible for its care know its exact weight and can calculate oh. the because if you don't know that exactly you're kind of guessing and if you give an animal too much tranquilizer it can kill it anyway and if you don't give it enough it becomes just an enraged doped up monster so it's it's much less likely for uh tranquilizers to be used for a wild animal not never oh. you see it sometimes but i just always assume because i mean i guess it's a movie in movies like like uh quint is like can like tell you how much a shark weighs just by looking right. at it. And I'm like, yeah, there's hunters got to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think uh, your average, you know, ranger who spends a lot of time in the wild could tell you about how much a bear weighs, but I don't know exactly. There is a very funny video. Speaking of tranquilized animals. I remember seeing a couple of years ago where a bear was up a tree and it was stuck and they tranquilized <laughs> with the trampoline. It. Yeah. With the trampoline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's much less prevalent than you would think that you trank an animal unless you know it's, you know, exact stats. But I do love that this ends with, so man animal controller knocked in the water, lady animal controller is talking to Tom Hanks, and eventually is just like, screw it, I'm leaving. She drops the pole. I was like, you're allowed away. to just say no and leave? Like, this <laughs> is your job. Exactly. Dereliction of duty. And then we get some, it doesn't happen as often as I thought it would. But um, so Tom Hanks gets the pole and like leads Hooch to the car and then goes, they go through the car and then we're watching through. So it's Tom Hanks with the pole and you don't see the dog at all. And then you cut to an extreme close up of the dog with the pole and then back to the wide with Tom Hanks. I was like, that's a great way to get out of having to do any dog work in this scene. Yeah, yeah. And then we cut to Hooch running alongside the car as Tom Hanks drives, which I thought was pretty good. That was clever. I also am very confused as to why Hooch's diet is 50% chocolate, because I know that that's bad for dogs. That's very bad. It's chocolate, onions, and grapes are very bad for dogs. Yeah. Grapes just because of choking, right? No, like wine is bad for dogs. 
Like okay. it's the grape. Well, wh- the wine I get, but I thought the grapes was a choking hazard, not that grapes are poisonous. No, I I, th- I want to say that it's like something in the grape skin. Interesting. Dogs dog dogs don't care for tannins. No, they don't like a tannin, a heavy tannin. <laughs> a shot a day, please. They have cat wines. I don't know if they have dog wines. Is that just like liquid catnip? I th- I think it is. I think it's colored okay. liquid catnip. Or like you, and then you add it to water or whatever, so you like have wine with your cat. This is a this is a very interesting time to be alive, right? Uh, so Mayor Winningham is the vet. Yeah. Do you do you know who she was? Yeah, I rec- I don't know what I know her from, but every time I see her face, I'm like, oh yeah, you. Because I thought she was very much, and she seems to have a great career. So please don't take this as an insult if you happen to listen to this, but. I it, her look in this movie was very discount Elizabeth Shue to me. Okay, the I way they have it. her dressed and made up and stuff. And then I go to look her up, and her Wikipedia entry says that she was one of the lesser members of the Brat Pack. And I was like, absolutely not. And I go and I look, and she was in a movie with Ali Sheedy. She they're like she was one of the only people in the Brat Pack to be nominated for an Oscar. And I was like. Okay, this lady is not in the Brat Pack. And she did a movie with Ali Sheedy called Georgia that she got <laughs> nominated for an Oscar for, which like, great. She's a good actor. I think she's good in this movie. I, she's I was, talented. Yeah, I, I think she's a good actress. But like the idea that the Brat Pack is just any movie with any of those people in it, and I was just like, absolutely not. There are rules to these things. They're yeah. stupid, but it's they're the, rules. It's the basically the Breakfast Club plus arguably uh, Matthew Broderick, I feel like. Well- no, Broderick wasn't in the original in that crew. It was the there was Saint Elmo's Fire. No, but Fire. to me, like he's he feels of that. Group yeah, he didn't run with John that crowd Hughes. though, right? But he didn't run with that crowd. So it was it was the Saint Elmo's people and the the Breakfast Club people, and Emilio was in both, and so he was like the president. And I was actually, it actually, I ended up reading this whole Wikipedia entry today that while well, I was watching the movie because I was fascinated, or after I finished watching the movie, actually, because I was like, this is too long and I'm being distracted, but. The guy who wrote the article that made the whole thing a thing and kind of submarined a lot of these actors and actresses' careers really regrets it. He was like, I should never have written that. It was basically, he was what, profiling- What, he called them the Brat Pack? Right. He was profiling Emilio, and as part of it, Emilio was like, do you want to come out to this bar with us? And he goes to this bar, and it's Andrew McCarthy, Emilio Estevez, probably Charlie Sheen, I forget who else was there, but like- a bunch of these people were there because they had all become friends from working on movies together and stuff. And like, sometimes you make friends at your work. Most movies, it seems like you kind of go your separate ways after, but you know, some people become friends and this guy just wrote about them as this sort of like wild about town gang of kids. And all of them struggled with getting adult roles after. And he just really blew up the thing. And it was really funny reading this interview with Emilio, uh, for the Mighty Ducks show, actually, where he was like, they're going to put Brat Pack on my tombstone, so I just have learned to deal with it. <laughs> it was just like, oh, man. It's funny, because, like, I always, I never realized that, like, because the Rat Pack was, like, Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra in them, right? Right, right. And so the Brat Pack, I was like, oh, it's just, like, another clever name, like how people use something gate to mean, like... Right. A scandal. A, a scandal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I always thought that too because I didn't live through it. But it apparently all of them were like, yeah, it was definitely very detrimental to my career because it's like, how are they going to cast a brat packer to be the lead of a serious drama? They're a brat pack, you know. Yeah. 
Anyway, Hooch barks all night after we see the vet who tells Tom Hanks that he has to keep the dog. She recognizes it. She goes, I recognize you from the bank. And I was like, oh, you're you're a crazy person. <laughs> see, I thought the same thing. But then I was thinking. But in 1989, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you get like you have to go cash your paycheck, <laughs> you have to physically take it to a bank. Probably, I guess the ATM deposit is available in some places, but I don't know if this town's one of them. I don't know. Yeah, I still remember when I was, I don't know, I was in high school or like early college, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go deposit something at the bank, and mom was like, did you do the deposit slip? And I was like, the what? And she was like, the deposit slip. You can't deposit at the ATM without one. And I was like. I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm going to assume that I don't have to do that. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, they're not going to let you do it without a deposit slip. And I was like, okay. And then I left and I came back and she was like, well, and I was like, didn't have to do that. I don't know what you're talking about still. <laughs> they, I, I remember d- deposit slips I did for a very brief time. My job at Acme, one of the perks when I worked there at the grocery store was like, oh, we'll cash your check for you. There's no fee. We'll just, we'll just cash it for you. Oh, awesome. And it was like, oh, that's so you've got nice. cash. Well, they would give you your paycheck and then you could do whatever you want with it. But I was basically working a job that I would earn exactly enough to pay dad what I owed him for car insurance. And then I would get to keep like mm, a negligible amount of money. And so I was <laughs> literally one time it was seven dollars and 12 cents. And I always remembered that because it was like I owed him whatever it was, you know, 250 yeah. bucks or whatever for the for the time period. And it was like I got the check. I cashed it. <laughs> I took the all I took seven dollars and twelve cents and put them in my wallet and then the other money I had like in an envelope I gave it to Dad and I was like this is genuinely one of the most ridiculous things I've ever done is to cash this check and then hand you well hand the car insurance company eventually almost all of it <laughs> so yeah no banks anymore it's all no no yeah yeah but at the time they probably both got their paychecks and then stood in line to cash them at five p.m. on a Friday yeah. So Hooch barks all night, and we get Tom Hanks running outside, showing a lot of gam. Yeah, he in these in these tiny little black briefs. Yeah, it felt in hindsight when I was looking at his IMDb, like, oh, is this him wanting to like get a little naked, kind of show off the bod, and now he's like, you know, look at me, I'm a serious actor now. Because he's he's got he's not even like '80s hot, right? He's just like in good shape, right? He's not ripped. No. I mean, Tom um, Hanks was always sort of boy next door attractive versus yeah. hot, I would say. Yes, that's fair. But yeah, he's looking like uh, weird science, and I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, Hooch locks him out, as you would expect. I was like, as soon as he it happened, I was like, I should have clocked that. Yeah. Yeah, that felt very Beethoven-y. So he gets back inside and it's like, okay, here's the rules for cohabitation, which I thought was kind of like a funny bit, but he does go on a little too long with it. It does go a little long. But then uh, as soon as he stops yelling, Hooch is like, cool. And I was like, yeah, did you not notice that Amos didn't yell and Hooch was like, cool? Right. And that uh, Mayor Winningham didn't yell and he was like, cool. Like, there's a common thread here. Right, and and then specifically, Amos told Tom Hanks that Hooch doesn't do well with violence, so yelling feels adjacent to that. Yeah, he's a very cute puppy. Yeah, I mean, he's too slobbery for my taste, but... Well, yeah. So it ends with him showing him to the laundry room where he's going to sleep or stay or whatever, and he lays out, like, the threadbare, thin, scratchy blanket on the floor. I was like, you can't throw him a throw pillow. 
You don't have a <laughs> you don't have a cheapo throw pillow. No, he does not. You've seen how this man co- conducts himself in his apartment. He has no no throw pillows. Honestly, my biggest beef with Tom Hanks in this movie is that we know that he's leaving this job inside two weeks when the movie starts, and he is nowhere near far enough along in packing. And then we see at one point he's leaving tomorrow and he still has his omelet pan out and i'm like buddy what are you waiting for yeah it sounds like it's how i pack which is i'm too anxious to do it all the time maniacal so we 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 go to the police office tom hanks is there with reginald Vell johnson they get their tox report craig t nelson come actually i lied before at this moment is when i knew craig t nelson was crooked because tom hanks has a big box of evidence and craig t nelson is like do you know what it would cost to run all this and i started cackling because i was like in what world is the police department struggling for money in any jurisdiction in america come on well, I never thought about that, that there's a, it would be a, like a price per, like you don't just get to like throw out anything you want into at, like, well, they, it, I didn't it, like it, think about there being a cost to each piece of evidence. Well, in a big city, I think it's, you send it to the crime lab and you have a crime lab, but in this case, it's an independent thing, you know, they're not a big enough place yeah. to have their own, but yeah, it is funny. Like, well, uh, I can run this swab. That's $5,000. And then this swab will be $3,000. So Tom Hanks and Reginald Vell Johnson are like, no, 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 we'll go through it and and we'll we'll, we'll pare down the evidence. Well, because I think the the other joke was that like Tom Hanks was literally bagging up everything, right? Like anything but, he saw that was like he's like this rock is evidence, right? Right. But at this point, I was like, oh, Craig T. Nelson's the secret bad guy. Got it. Got it. Got it. There's no other reason for him to not want to process evidence. So meanwhile, Hooch has eaten the car, literally. Which, like, how shitty is your car if the seat head rips off that easily? Well, he bit through it. He bites and then pulls and, like, the whole thing comes off in, like, one clean motion. Most a- most car headrests yank right out if you pull up, so I don't know. Yeah, but, like, the whole thing, not the cover. Like, he pulls the, 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 the fabric off the cushioning. Oh, I don't know, man. I think if you took your average car and you took a knife and slid it, like top right corner to bottom left corner you're going you can yank that thing right off there maybe plus hooch is a monster next scene is hooch kool-aid manning his way out of the laundry room yeah this scene is absurd with how long it goes on yeah again so this movie is an hour 40 and it could easily be an hour 30 yes it could easily be an hour 20 okay well those aren't that's not a movie anymore Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, that doesn't I love count as a movie, movie. In, in America. <laughs> I mean, all the Disney animated movies are like 74 minutes. Yeah, but they're its own thing. This is Touchstone. We're for adults, baby. I guess. I we don't show know. butts. <laughs> 85 would have been fine. <laughs> we show Touchstone pictures. We show butts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to think about what that's. That's the message hidden in that scribble for the Touchstone logo. Oh, the wood, the piece of wood thing? Is that what it is? Is it a piece of wood? I honestly have never, ever known what it is. I always just assumed it was a piece of wood. Ah. Because I watched, I saw it a lot because it was the beginning of Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah, okay. So I, I could pontificate that on that a lot. Yeah, I don't know what that is. If someone does, you should tweet us. So I do really like, the scene with Hooch destroying the kitchen is kind of like, all right, like the dog eats all the stuff. We I'm knew we had to I'm do fine. it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine. We're in a dog movie. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I do really enjoy the Tom Hanks. It's it's a back and forth cut. I do really enjoy the Tom Hanks side where it's the grocer just giving him this absolutely brutal hard sell and Tom Hanks buying every single syllable of it 100%. Like, well, oh, it's also weird that the grocer's like, uh, it's a shame about poor Amos. I'm going to lock my door. And then he's like, what kind of dog do you have? And I was like, it's Hooch. Like, if yeah. you know Amos. Right. In this town, if you know Amos, you know Hooch. Also, I feel like if you're in this town, you know Hooch because it's Cujo who lives on the docks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the giant scary dog that lives in a houseboat. Cujo used to work on the docks. <laughs> That's where we're at here, honestly. And then it's Hooch like, pulls- oh, you need you need the special turkey and bacon food. I need to get you the dog toothbrushes. Well, so Tom Hanks in this movie is at, like the way he's acting about dog stuff is the way that sitcom and movie dads of the 80s acted about babies yes like i have to feed it what yeah. more than <laughs> yes. once a day yeah yeah when he gets Tom on Hanks the is check like, out he's like is this for dogs so he's holding the can like uh-huh. that's a dog food can everyone knows yes. like if i say that you can picture it he's like it says turkey and bacon flavor and the guy's like yeah that's dog food he, he says people like their dogs <laughs> they want to <laughs> feed them good food he gives him, you know, like a 40 pound bag of items and all that business. But I really love he gets to the checkout and is like, ninety seven dollars in that classic Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's very good. I was like, I'm thinking in like 2021 money. I'm like, this would be like a three hundred dollar. It's probably in the ballpark of two twenty five to three hundred. Yeah, because he buys like he like clears out their raw hides. Yeah, yeah. For Hooch. But at one point, Hooch opens the fridge and pulls out a beer. And I was like, if Hooch doesn't shotgun this beer, <laughs> I'm mad. And then he didn't. He, like, it, poked it and then put his head back so he could, like, catch the stream. But I was like, right. no, I wanted I wanted Hooch to bite it and to do right. a little foam and then tilt his head back. Apparently, the problem was Hooch would open the cans, but he didn't like the way beer tasted. So they had to get chickens, chicken broth in there for him to drink it. So huh. it just seemed like it was very challenging to shoot. Well, I mean, I was going to say, I hope they weren't force feeding a dog beer because, like, that's right. not cool. But just, right. like, I think it was really bite the can, make a foam happen, and then. Right, right, right. I prefer it when dogs do beer bongs instead of the shotguns. It just seems like a safer enterprise, you know? Yeah. There's also a very weird jump cut that they didn't edit right. Oh, so really? it's at. Yeah. So this movie's on Disney Plus. Anyone can go find it. It's at 39 minutes, 30 seconds-ish, where Hooch is looking up at the soccer ball. He, like, jumps off screen to get it, and then the little feet on the Nordic track, like, it jumps. Like, there's clearly a hit, a hidden edit, and the feet uh-huh. move, and, like, something else moves in the background, and then the, like, whatever the ball was on comes crashing down. Oh, interesting. I totally missed that. And then, so, Tom Hanks gets home, and in... A moment of like 80s architecture WTFery. His his kitchen counter is at floor height for another room of his house. His kitchen counter is the height. So you're saying that this like what? I'm what room? So there's the kitchen, and then there's like a few steps up that leads to another room. Oh, like the den area. It looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. But his so he spray he like is in a, tr- a daze and like is wiping down all the messy counters. And then as he's wiping, he, like, crouches down to step up into the next room, and he's now crouching 
hmm. wiping down his counter. And I was like, that is so weird. I guess it's like a split level kind of thing where it's there's a few steps. It's got to be. A few yeah. Steps down. Yeah. And then he breaks his own window. Yes. Which, you know, in this situation, I might feel inclined to do the same. Yeah. So Hooch eats a pillow and then Hooch brings home a lady friend. I mean, hey. Also, did you notice that Tom Hanks has one of those weird wire maze baby toy things that all doctor's office waiting rooms have? Yes, I was deeply perplexed as to why this was in his house. Because it's painted like it's an art piece. And I'm like, right. that's that's a baby toy. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that is a absolutely a baby toy. You push it from one end to the other, and then you push it from that end back to the other end. I've seen this, probably played with one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to bring the border collie back to the vet who is her owner i think yes um and he tries to like sneak do we know why he knows that because the hooch followed the border collie in the first time they went to the vet got it got it got it so he tries to like sneak hooch in there to be like she'll take you and i was like she knows it's your dog that like you went yeah and then mayor winningham's like hey i need your help with my fuses come on in and help me and then in a full-on like you need professional help move absolutely yes he starts painting her her room that she was she's like oh i i finished for the night and he was like you were gonna leave it like this and i was like oh you need medicine and and a therapist yeah you need some drugs to change your brain chemistry this has gone from oh a very neat person to a person with obsessive compulsive disorder which is yes very treatable you just got to deal with it yeah and then Mayor Winningham says she wants five kids. And I was like, that's too many. Right. Agreed. Far too, too many. many kids. Too many children. So he's he's falling for her. It's also weird that he like bullies his way into helping her paint. Like, I, I guess obviously she likes it, but it is very strange. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I would be like, oh, you want to paint? Great. Go ahead. Yeah. You can paint my house, you fucking weirdo. So they, they make a date to go. She wants to go for a walk. And he says, no, I'll fall in love with you. And she's like, okay, well, will you come help me paint the other wall? And he's like, yeah, tomorrow, seven. Okay, great. So they yeah, make a I thought it date. was sweet. Yeah. Um, and they threw in the same slow-mo shot of Hooch running down the, the dock again because it's a nightmare now. Yeah, it was very weird. And that leads to Tom Hanks decides to give him a bath and he's just wrestling Hooch again. like he, In Tom his Hanks, little briefs. Yeah, and his little briefs again. Yeah. Which, like, is the appropriate wrestling outfit, I suppose. Yeah, but also, like, it's a bold move to be like, I'm going to bathe this dog. Yeah. Because how are you going to dry it, buddy? What, with a towel, presumably? Yeah, that doesn't always get the job done proper. Like, you, like, don't most you just, groomer. I, I'm showing my ignorance here, but don't you just, like, let a dog go outside and it shakes it off and then it's dry? Isn't that how that works? Not always, because, like, some dogs have, like, undercoats that are they really hold moisture. I see. And so, like, most groomers use some kind of a hair... They put they put an adorable thing on the... Like, basically, if you cut the toes out of a sock and then shove the dog's face into it so their little ears were covered, mm-hmm. and then they blow dry the dogs. It's really cute to watch. Oh, by the way, this is the same director as Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Is that... Is that 80s? No, 93. Ah, uh, his first movie was Terror Train, which I'm 90 percent sure is Jamie Lee Curtis in her. Yeah, that's, Jam- that's Jamie Lee Curtis and a magician. Yeah. So 1980, he directs Terror Train first movie. He ends the 80s with this. And then just three, three or four short years later, he's doing Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. It's a weird trajectory. Yeah. So Hooch is at the train, uh, the police station, not the train station, although it'd be much funnier <laughs> if he took him to the train station. and was just like, get out of here. Uh, he, 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 we don't want you. <laughs> 
go on, get. So he it was almost it, Jimmy Stewart. I know than, it was very Jimmy more Stewart. than it was. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have soup. We don't want you anymore. Yeah, that was very Jimmy Stewart. Progresso soup. <laughs> What's his name? John Lithgow. Thank you. <laughs> the bad guy in Cliffhanger, BT Dubs. Very fun watch. I just watched that for the first time. Oh, really? On, yeah, Prime or Hulu. Huh. Um, anyway, we're at the police station with Hooch, not the train station, and he loops his dog leash under a, a desk chair leg and or a desk table leg rather no a desk leg none of those other words yep. are necessary trip <laughs> desk leg dear god anyway and immediately you're like oh this is going to end with this dog dragging a desk and it didn't well, happen as absurd and funny as i was hoping for it to be well also i was like it took tom hanks and carl winslow to lift the desk to put the thing under so i was like yeah. this is a heavy desk right and it flies like it's an ikea desk later but Hooch goes to the window and sees a wedding and he sees the photographer at the wedding is the man who killed Amos. And so he's like going nuts. And then he, um, yank, he, this is where, that's where he yanks the desk and then escapes the police station. Right. And they chase, he's chasing a guy. And for some unknown reason, both Tom Hanks and Carl Winslow are like, that must be the man who murdered Amos. We have to follow him. So there was a throwaway line at the vet's office where he said... Well, yes, he could have identified, but like, Hooch has not been... Sh- like, Hooch is shown to be like a wild dog at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like th- that was definitely where they were... Like, that must have been... That must be why they went right there, because of what the vet said. But the other thing is... What I really wanted from this scene and didn't get was Tom Hanks getting dragged down a hallway by a dog. Yeah, it doesn't happen much in this movie. I wanted a a la John Candy in the Great Outdoors. Stay tuned, by the way. Mm-hmm. Wait, have we not? No. no. We did Summer Rental. Yeah. But I wanted Hooch running, Tom Hanks' feet planted firmly in the floor, like squatted down real low, holding onto the leash like he's uh, water, water, skiing. water skiing behind Hooch. Yeah. Or Hanks on rollerblades. Yeah, a little less, like, a little more, like, telegraphed if it's Tom Hanks wearing roller skates. You're like, ah, okay, well, he's definitely going to get dragged behind a dog now. Yeah. Uh, they they carjack a kid because they're police. I They definitely seem to know this kid, which I thought was a good twist on it. And I love that the kid is then sitting in the middle of this two-seater between Reginald Val Johnson <laughs> and Tom Hanks. I thought that was excellent. That was a fun one. But yeah, they they basically start chasing, car chasing this dude. And I'm like, yeah, but like on what legal grounds, buddy? Right. It does seem a little wishy-washy, but I guess if you got, if you caught up to him, you could just ask him questions in public. You probably can't arrest him and bring him down to the station, but you can't attempt to con- talk to him. And I wonder yeah. if, I do genuinely wonder if a dog could identify a person as a suspect in this way and have it be justifiable for an arrest. I don't know. I'm, I, guess- I, I I do believe that a dog could do that. It's just whether that would hold any water in court. Right. You. I mean, it would have to be that the person then confessed to the crime, I feel. I don't think the dog yeah. can go on the witness stand and they can be like, bark at the man who did it. And the dog's like, Point. Arr, arr. yeah. Um. So they get back to the police station and they're like, well, that man was the one who murdered, who, who murdered Amos and and Hooch knew it, and I was, and we ran his plates and pulled this information, and I was like, again, like, me as a movie watcher 
sure, but like the law is pretty black and white about stuff. Like there's not a lot yeah. of gray area to be like, well, a dog barked. Yeah, no, it does seem a little fishy. But also, would you be that surprised if you learned this exact thing happened in a case and was fought? Like, would it shock you? Because it wouldn't shock no, me. it wouldn't shock me because the law is blah. So they, I, this next sequ- se- whole sequence is like genuinely one of the most adorable things in the movie mm-hmm. because it's a clear arc for Tom Hanks where he's like really liking the dog now because he yeah. like makes him a a dog wolf full of chocolate chip cookies and he opens him a beer and, and raw like a lot of beef like a whole oh, that's steak right. cut up and the dog's sad so he like play wrestles and play fights with it and it ends with him biting the dog on the neck just like he the dog bit him in the first scene and i was like this is like really sweet i know this is an insane sentence to talk about a person and a dog but they do have very good chemistry eventually they do like there's the scene later where he's at the stakeout and it's literally just probably five to ten minutes of tom hanks alone in the car with the dog right and it shouldn't work like right. that should be boring but tom hanks just like makes it sparkle yeah no agreed he said that was the hardest scene that they shot because it was just they were in a rig a car on a rig with a jillion cameras outside and they couldn't they either couldn't or didn't want to just direct the dog to do things so they just sat there and whatever the dog did he reacted to it and they shot until they felt like they had enough to fill the scene out I mean, I, you can tell, but like yeah. something about Tom Hanks is, as and how charming he is, it just works. Right. I mean, he's a very good actor. It doesn't shock me. He, I mean, Castaway is him at a freaking volleyball. So the fact that he got... I don't know that I've fully seen Castaway. I haven't watched it in a long time. I literally only watched I think it once. You, I think you watched it when family friends came over. And so like you and, a, and like, I think Michael or Kevin watched it. Okay. And then No, I, I watched like it half, with mom. It was watched again. Okay. And the um and I like half paid attention to it. Like I was in and out of cuz I was like yeah. this is too much for me, but Somebody surviving on an island is one of my sweet spots. I love survival against nature movies. That's it's it's basically kids in peril, that animal doesn't belong there, and oh man, are they going to live through this? Are like my three top genres. So, anything like that. I'm what in. other movies like fall into the third one like Castaway? So I just watched a really good one called Arctic with Mads Mikkelsen. He plays, we never know why he crashes there, but he crashes in the Arctic uh, and he's in a plane crash in the Arctic and he meets another survivor and they don't speak the same language. And he tries to, he like basically nurses her back to health and tries to get them both to safety. It's wonderful. Very that good. That sounds movie. cool. Um, just like any man versus nature kind of fits. All is lost with Robert Redford, another one with very little dialogue, but really wonderful. Like uh Storm at Sea tosses his little boat all around and he gets stranded. So Life of Pi? Never seen it. Uh didn't seem like it was truly about survival. It seemed like a heartwarming tale of learning to love yourself or something like that, which is not what I'm here for. Yeah. It sort of seemed like. Yeah, so I've never, I never saw that one, but I was like, if if it's just some people stuck somewhere and they got to survive, I'm in. Give it to me. Put it right in my veins. Hmm. So we're searching so they, for the smuggling smuggled evidence at the dock now because we we ran the fishery and stuff, right? And they pour and lobsters they in the tank. High and low. Yeah, they get like a broomstick in the in the lobster tank, and they're like wiggling it. I'm like, leave them alone. Yeah, this felt like something was like, I don't need this scene in the movie. It doesn't help anything. Like, show me the dead fish. Don't annoy the lobsters. They're already going to yeah. be eaten. And they find nothing. So 
Yeah, fat low to nothing. And at this point, I was sure about Craig T. Nelson because he's like, well, you know, it's you know, not every not everyone can be fine. Guess you should leave now. I'm going to assign this case to Reginald Val Johnson. You should get out of town. See ya. Bye. Hope to never talk again. Yeah. Now that you pointed out, there were a lot more signs than I noticed. So Hanks goes to have a final night with his veterinarian lady friend. And I didn't realize I, it's like at the time when they started kissing I was like not quite putting it together. And then she's like, well, aren't you leaving tomorrow? I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely them being like, well, you want to go one more time before I leave? Yeah. It's also kind of a weird conversation on the beach. Cause she's like, didn't you picture me naked? And he was like, well, kind of. Yeah. And I was like, this is weird. Like this is yeah. just a weird conversation. I thought it was kind of charming and flirty. It was like, it- it's definitely like a, di- a fun, different kind of flirty than I've seen in a movie. I just still was like, huh? Yeah, so they do some smooching, and then we're in the kitchen post-coitally to make an omelet, and then it seems like they're about to get back to the coital part in the kitchen while the pan is burning, and he's like, oh no, I figured out the case, I have to leave, and he goes running off with Hooch to stake out the the docks. Well, because he goes, they're not smuggling anything in, they're smuggling out, and I was like, yeah, but like, you still have to have something to go Mm -hmm. out, like, you don't just, it's not just like, it appears, and then you- Right, right. Something I, has to come in. In just a moment, we see Tom Hanks break up an ice block and discover the answer. And I wanted this to be a little more like an episode of Psych, where it happens because somebody drops an ice cube on the floor and it breaks. And Tom Hanks mm-hmm. is like, oh, like that would have been much better to me if she dropped an ice cube and it's split into a bunch of pieces. And she's like, oh, this is such a pain in the butt to clean up. And she's like trying to scoop the ice. And he's like, first he's flirting because she's bent over and like he's looking at her butt. And then it's like, oh, my God, no, wait, I got it. You know? Mm hmm. Yeah, telegraph it a little more. I was really looking forward to evaluating the eggs they were going to make, but we never get to see this perfect omelet. We do not get to see these eggs. These movie eggs are talked about, not seen. (laughs) The sub podcast of this podcast. How do those eggs look? Hey, hey, how do those eggs look? (laughs) Uh, Did you did you notice who this? So they go to the docks uh, with with. Well, first they stake it out. That's right. That's right. That's right. And Tom Hanks eats a dog biscuit. Yes. He says it tastes like health food, which is probably pretty accurate. We, my boyfriend made dog biscuits once for his work, and they're just, they're, they are dry, bland, yeah. and hard. Because yeah. at one point he was like, can you taste this and let me know if it like, if it's like, feels like it's done? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I guess it's dry. <laughs> it's a dry, bland biscuit. So, Yeah. <laughs> You ate a dog biscuit for science. Yeah. And then he iced them with the, he like made a dog, a, a dog oh. friendly icing and like put all the dog's names on it where he worked. That's fun. So there's more drooling and bonding with Turner and Hooch in the car. And uh, Reginald Vell Johnson relieves them of duty the next morning. And they go into the docks with Hooch. And did you catch who this man is, who they have their back and forth with? Mm-mm. Bobby Singer from the Supernatural. Is it really? Uh-huh. Wow. Looking like a fresh-faced little baby. I was <laughs> looking like a baby twink. Yeah. Well, he's got the mustache and the beard. Yeah, but he's not the bear that he he will become. Well, he's not a large man yet. That is true. Um, And he's like, Mr. Boyett said he would do anything to help. And I was like, yeah, he did say that yesterday. We all saw it. Yeah, but... The dog in the fishery seems like a problem. Although, cops bringing in canine Police units dogs doesn't are a seem... Thing. Yeah, that doesn't seem insane to me. So they find some contraband, thanks to Hooch. 
Well, not even. They find Ziploc bags. Oh, that's right. But then they know the money was in the Ziploc bag. They're like, it's the same Ziploc bag. It's the same kind of bag. And I was like, well, yeah, but like, it's a a zip top plastic (laughs) bag. Yeah, it feels a little bit of a stretch. It's not like the, the, I don't know if it's all Ziplocs, but I think the Costco Ziplocs, the the sandwich baggies have a slightly mm-hmm. different coloration than the regular, or at least they they I thought they did, and so I've been like, oh, you also shop at Costco when I see people pull out that green one, but <laughs> yeah, in general, no, silly, very silly. It's not like they're branded. It's not like Jerry's Drugs is sta- you know pasted on the outside. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Mike's contraband. <laughs> yeah, Mike's contraband. When it absolutely positively has to stay dry, use a Mike's contraband bags. <laughs> It's like an infomercial. They have a, a a bundle of cocaine in the bag, and they're like dunking it in a pool, pulling a it fish out. tank. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no powder. Ordinary, loss. ordinary bags leak. Then it's like a wet, like a wet paste, wet sand. In but there. Mike's yeah, yeah. contraband, your cocaine stays dry. Rubbing, you I think see someone rubbing it on their teeth. <laughs> I think it's Mike's contra bags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I think that. that's what I think that's what we're doing here. Like able to withstand high heat, and they like blast it in the microwave, freezing temperatures. They pull it out of the freezer, mm-hmm. and every time it's the same guy rubbing it on his gun. <laughs> yeah, that guy getting progressively more and more mad. They keep cutting to him, like he keeps doing the tests, and his hair is getting more and more Kramer-like until finally he looks like a racer head. And it's just like he looks like yes, <laughs> straight up in the air. Um, he also talks. <laughs> also, it still tastes great, Mike. Tastes wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks also, for some reason doesn't think that the owner of the fishery is involved in the smuggling yeah that part I'm is like baffling. hey buddy he obviously is yeah exactly so they go to investigate this motel where they think the guys hold up and tom hanks i so this part's confusing to me because it feels like the part in other movies where the cop has gotten kicked off the force and they're like, screw it. I'm going to solve this crime anyway. And they're Mm -hmm. working not as a police officer because Tom Hanks comes into this motel, asks the clerk for help. The clerk won't help him. He pulls a gun and shoots the wall and is like, next time I won't miss. Tell me what I need to know. And then this, the, the guy who he's looking for comes in with a gun and, and kidnaps him. But I was like, why is Tom Hanks suddenly this rogue cop? Because he wants to solve the case. Amos was funny. I know, but it's very strange. Uh, so the guy puts, was like, hey, you're going to drive my Cadillac. And all I could think was the zombie land. Like, always wear your seatbelt. Because oh, yeah, Tom Hanks yeah. knows that this criminal is not going to wear a seatbelt. And he, like he very deliberately puts it on, and then he puts his glasses on. He's, like, doing his normal car, you know, routine. He turns into baby driver. Uh-huh. And then yeah, crashes sure. into a like a, a low wall and sends the guy flying out the windshield. Yeah, this dude should be should look like he went through a cheese grater. It's yes. it's ridiculous how fine he is. When he, he should gets be up. bloodier, and his neck should be at a weird angle. Yeah, I also always think in situations like this, there's a scene in Last Action Hero where Arnold does essentially the same gag, but he crashes head on into another car, and he's like, Toyota, oh, yeah. Toyota Corolla, driver and passenger airbag, put check a cab, no airbag, and the guy is like half, he's been ejected like through the windshield, but not all the way out of the car, and is just dead. <laughs> I have to rewatch that movie. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years either. 
So then Hooch gets to be involved in the interrogation. And it's great. Yeah, it is. But also, this is the same question. It's like, why is Tom Hanks the bad lieutenant port of call Cabot Cove all of a sudden? Because he wants to solve his buddy's murder, famous Amos. I guess, but he wasn't this motivated, like, moments before. I think he just wants to solve it before he leaves. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to leave sense. this town messier than I found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go back to the steam factory. And I was very concerned for a second we were going to have some bullshit drama about... I was like, oh, he was supposed to have a date with Mayor Winningham. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I was like, thank God there's not enough time left in this movie for that to be drama. Right, right. So he calls in for backup, and Craig T. Nelson shows up just by himself. And Tom Hanks is like, where's the rest of the backup? And he's like, oh, I got him on the radio. They're just down the road. It's like, well, that's extremely suspicious. <laughs> Yeah, as soon I think this as soon as it walked up with him, I was like, "Oh, I guess he's the bad guy then." Yeah, yeah. So Hanks is smarter than him, and he swipes his gun here, which is good, and he Shoots knows the, the whole block packet. of ice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Explains the whole plan, and then um, the owner of the fishery is like sneaking around too, and he turns off the lights as Hooch sneaks in through a skylight. Yeah, which I like a lot. There's a bit of business before Craig T. Nelson shows up where Tom Hanks is like, cover the back, Hooch. Do you understand the back? Like the backyard, cover the back. And he does. Yeah. And I I was watching this and I realized, has there ever been someone gets drowned in a lobster tank in a movie? I am certain the answer is yes, but I don't know the movie. That feels like a Steven Seagal move. Yeah, or uh, maybe it was in an episode of Pushing Daisies. Oh, okay. It feels like it could have been a Pushing Daisies episode. What I think would be even more interesting is, you know, the person has a shellfish allergy and you dunk them in the lobster tank. Oh, shit. I think that's way cooler. Or or if you like, if it's more sneaky, it's like you put lobster tank water in their water glass. Sure, sure, sure. And so no one knows what's wrong, what's happening. I imagine people would, would kind of recognize that it tastes like the ocean when they drank it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what kind of water. Is it ocean? Is it salt water in yeah. those things? Yeah. Huh. That's where lobsters live, my man. I see bugs. The score is extremely weird in this whole sequence. Did you catch this? Yeah, it's it's not the best. It's it's. I'm not even saying that it's bad. It just feels like it's from a completely different movie. Uh, Hooch jumps to the owner of the fishery and he shoots him. Yeah, I could not believe that they shot the dog. Well, I thought I wouldn't have been shocked if they shot the dog and then like. You know, he got fixed and he's he's wearing a, he's got like a cast on mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. I thought that's where this was going. I was yeah. like, oh, he gets shot. He's going to save the day, being a little cast. They're going to have like a thanks for saving the day hooch party. At yeah, the end. yeah. A hooch parade, perhaps. Yeah, I was expecting that. Like I was expecting the end of uh, Lady and the Tramp. Yes, a hoochinanny, a hoedown hoochinanny. I was expecting the end of Lady and the Tramp where you think the dog's dead and then, oh, no, he's alive. It's fine. Yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, not no, what exactly. this movie gives you. Yeah, no, I we will get there momentarily because I have a lot of thoughts, but I do want to get to them in natural order here. So basically, Tom Hanks shoots the fishery owner and then Mr. Incredible is like, hey, put your hands behind your head. And when the fishery owner tries to be like, he still has his pistol, <laughs> Mr. Incredible just turns around and kills him. Yeah, blows away with a shotgun off camera, which is fine. But I was like, oh, man, what are we doing now? And then he it makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. it's criminal. It's it's criminal, but yeah, it makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense. He was like, this will be a lot easier to cover up if we have the same story. Yeah. It's to say that this guy was the bad guy. And then he like lays it out like, here's what happened, blah, 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 blah. 
And then he's like, Tom Hanks goes, well, it is a lot of money. And I was like, he didn't offer any money. He Mr. Does, Incredible did not say, I will give you money. Yeah, he does sort of imply it, but he doesn't say it directly. But the... In this the, case, I need to hear it. I need a number. Oh, for sure. I need a, I need a, I do need a figure that my soul is worth in this instance. But Tom Hanks sees that Hooch is not quite dead yet. And so we're clearly stalling for time, much like, you know, the guy's been shot, but he has a pistol that he can crawl to. But instead, it's Hooch dragging himself by his front paws because the back half of him seems paralyzed and dead slowly with a ridiculous score it's practically in slow motion you know super speed slow-mo dragging himself over to craig t nelson who keeps like taking a quarter step backward with this gun toward hooch until finally hooch gets in chomping range and tom hanks has been stalling this whole time so hooch can viciously bite Craig T. Nelson and then Tom Hanks, you know, scuffles with him and takes the gun and and, and arrests him. But <laughs> Craig T. Nelson just like crumbles, you know, immediately when this dog bites him. But in the context of the movie, Hooch is literally dying. <laughs> like, yes, he is. Hooch, Hooch don't make it. <laughs> Hooch, Hooch dead. There's no more Hooch. Yeah, yeah. I. It's not, I was... Like, so, how hard I, is this dog biting in this movie? You know what I mean? So I normally don't read the, the trivia for a movie while we're while I'm watching it. Yeah. So, just in case. Yeah. And this time I was like, it's a touchstone movie about a, a cop and a dog. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they doing? So I'm watching, and I was like halfway through the movie, and in the trivia section it talks about, like, there was a cut of the movie where Hooch didn't die. And I was like, he what? <laughs> And the real injustice of it is, is he dies once again to this weird, like, Casio keyboard pre-programmed button score. It, that's honestly what it sounds like. It's like, oh, what do we got? Marimba? Beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> like, where, what are we yeah, doing? Yeah, they rush him to, they rush this dog covered in raspberry jelly to Mayor Winningham's vet table. And they start to perform the procedure on him. And I was like, this lucky puppy just covered in jam. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, he's lost a lot of blood. And then I was like, I don't know how animal blood transfusions work. I was just thinking, do dogs have blood types? I'm I'm guessing. But what I, I really honestly, because of this is a children's movie, was expecting Tom Hanks to go, well, I'm O negative. I'm the universal donor. And then like roll up a sleeve oh, and Tom yeah. Hanks' blood saves the dog, which is... Don't get me wrong, capital V, capital S, very stupid. But I could not believe that the dog dies. Well, apparently there were there was a cut where the dog lived and a cut where the dog died, and they tested the same. And Katzenberg, the f- fucking monster, was like, well, the, the filmmaker's original intention was for the dog to die, so we're going to do that one. <laughs> well, if you got the auteur behind stop or my mom will shoot, you got to give him final cut. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, he's he's not Spielberg. Like, yeah, he's, he's a gun for hire. I'm sorry. To, like, normally I respect the artists. In this instance, the artist is wrong. Like, <laughs> all what? five writers got together and were like, the dog dies. Because, like, normally, like, in a drama, you expect it. This is a comedy. Yeah. So, like, why did the dog have to die? Right, it makes, especially because this ending is so stupid. We so we cut from the dog to Tom Hanks is clearly seems to be chief of police, and then he goes home to the veterinarian, who's now seemingly his wife. And there's they like, say his wife. Okay, okay. 
there's a million dogs barking and we go upstairs and her dog has had like 19 dogs. There's just, they're everywhere. These collies. Is that what they are? Collies? They look Yeah, they're, they're border collies. Okay. So they're, these, these are all yip yapping away. And then we see a trail of mayhem and like stuff's all broken. And Tom Hanks starts going, oh, you know the deal. And he starts rattling off the contract. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was a fake out. I mean, that's dumb. I hate when movies lie. But the dog. Oh, no, I knew it was. I knew it was. I was well, like, this was not a lie. This is going to be a baby hooch. You re- well, you read the trivia. I hadn't read the trivia, so I didn't know that the dog oh. died. So I was like, oh, okay, this is the, like, that was a fake out, but it's really huge. And then they reveal a cute little puppy. And like, my last note is, holy shit, they killed the dog. Like, I cannot yeah. believe this ends with the dog dead. That's unbelievable. It should not have. Well, also, because it has a, a TV, they try to make a TV series out of it. So I was like, right, what right. is the TV series? Exactly. It's, it, well, presumably... So many of those, and I don't know this one in particular, but so many of them are basically like, we start the show 10 minutes before the end of the movie. So the the movie plot has wrapped up, but we didn't get the ending for the character. Do you know what I mean? The okay. like, the okay. final, the final, like, here's the happy, here's the, the, the neat ending that, that ties it all in a bow. Usually those shows are like, throw that scene out and the rest of it's the same. Okay. It's like how when you meet characters in Disney, you're meeting them. I think they say two thirds of the way through their movie. Yeah, the it's the same. Stance. Yeah, it's the same kind of vibe for sure. But yeah, uh, they killed the dog in this movie, which is gotta be why this movie isn't beloved, right? Like, if the dog lives, well, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks said he's like, this movie would have done much better if the dog lived. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like, <laughs> I'm picturing, you know, it's 1989. M- mom wants to go see a movie. Oh, there's Tom Hanks in the. Do- I'm not saying our mom. I'm saying mom proverbially. Like yeah. like moms, you know, whatever. Although our mom would love this. If the dog The idea die. of Tom Hanks in a dog movie, I'm sure she if would the go dog, to this. If the dog didn't die. As soon as you find out that the dog dies, like, th- I mean, you're just killed by word of mouth. Just destroyed. Oh, mm-hmm. you saw Turn Hooch? How was it? They fucking killed the dog! You know, that's the yeah. answer that you get from everybody. It's just, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's baffling. It doesn't, Especially because the ending is, if the ending was Tom Hanks moves away. Sure, yeah. the dog would have tied him to this town. He stays in the town yeah. and marries the vet yeah. and becomes the police chief. Right. So everything about what happens next should be he has the dog with him and the dog is now a police officer. Right, exactly. He's the he's the canine like we should cut to Tom Hanks. He's in the his canine office. chief. Exactly. We have a desk for Tom Hanks and a smaller desk for Hooch. Exactly. That's what the people want. And I'm not even like the crazy dog person. I'm just like, this is a movie. Why are you ending it like this? What yeah. I really am looking forward to, honestly, is so Disney Plus is got the show coming out. Presumably when the show comes out, they're going to push the movie as like, oh, we have that too for all the parents who are like, oh, I remember that. We should watch that before we watch the show. I cannot wait for the inevitable trending on Twitter of people finding out that the dog dies. It's, I mean, yeah, it feels it's like fun. it's absolutely going to happen. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we know. It's crazy. The dog dies. Oof a doof. Yeah, it was, it was pretty unbelievable. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts other than, oh, my God, they killed the dog? I just can't believe they killed the dog. Yeah, it's bonkers. One of the wilder decisions in any movie we've had. Fuck off, Katzenberg. <laughs> you of the guy who needs to have his emails printed and folded long ways for him? <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a maniac. Uh, he of Quibi, now Roku Originals. Quibi is Dead. up there with uh, Candy Crush the game show with like 
the biggest wastes of money I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, but at least that was one show and not a whole network that got destroyed. They were like, let's do long, let's do short form media. Let's take over short form media. And every short form media person who came in with an idea, get the fuck out. What we meant was let's put stars in things that skirt the laws of a filmmaking industry. And then we don't have to pay them as much. Yes. We're going to make a movie, but we're going to cut it into uh, 12 or 14 discrete seven minute chunks so that we can put ads in it. Get out of here. We saw right through you. Yeah, Quibi is Quibi's dead. Long live Quibi. Uh, yeah, as far as Turner and Hooch goes, uh, I don't recommend this one. It's you got some fun stuff with Hanks. Like if if what you've always been missing is watching a movie with Tom Hanks and a dog, I guess this is going to be your Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah, but there are better of both. Thi- I mean, not together. You can probably. Wa- I'm sure there's a YouTube compilation of funny moments. It'll hit yeah. all the good spots. Yeah, yeah, but it's not the best Tom Hanks and it's not the best dog movie. So it's it's neither fish nor fowl in my opinion. Yeah. It's solidly good for both, but it's just like, okay. I would probably recommend this movie if the dog didn't die, honestly. Yes, 100%. 100%. It totally changes the whole like way you walk out of this movie at the end. It's like, nah, I didn't like that, actually. And and they can still have puppies. Like, you right. could have the dog live, and there's also puppies. Right, right, right. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. Because how much cuter would that ending be if it's like, Chief, your wife called, Hooch, the the missus called. You yeah. got to get home and take care of your kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the and then puppies like here. runs out the door first. Yeah, yeah. If, if it was like the puppies are here, you know, that's much funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or at Dissect the 80s on Twitter. We would love to hear from you, especially if you have answers to any of those many questions we threw out there uh, during the course of this episode. Don't forget to check us out at dissectingthe80s.com. And if you want more Dissecting the 80s, head over to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s, and you can see all of the great stuff there. We have a number of tiers and ways for you to become a member. You get all sorts of free stuff like stickers, our monthly email newsletter that lets you know a little bit in advance what movies are coming up. I know some of you out there like to listen to the movies before the episodes come, so that helps Watch you. Watch the movies. Yeah, listen to the movies. Gosh, I am losing my mind. Uh, watch the movies, so you could you can go there and do that. Uh, and at the five dollar tier, you get the quarterly bonus episodes and a whole bunch of other bonus content. So check that out. We are somewhere in the ballpark of eighteen hours of bonus content at this point, and very close. Uh, you know, more than halfway to uh, bonus. Episodes. And a lot of heavy hitters hiding in there. Yeah, for sure. Top Gun, uh, the 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 great Muppet Caper, all sorts of Roger stuff. Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Yeah. We will be back in two weeks on July 26th with another movie celebrating a big anniversary, Night of the Creeps, which I haven't rewatched in a long time, but I'm excited to check out. So check that one out if you can, and we will see you on July 26th to listen to that. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. The things we're going to cut out in editing. (laughs) Tuna and hooch.